Hello and welcome to another episode of The Advantage. I am your host, Michael Fiddle. Today is Wednesday, July 19th, and we are talking NFL team futures with Fish Fisher. This is a loaded pod, strategy, best bets, week one correlations. You ready for this beat drop? Let's go! To be honest, I recorded this pod already with Fish, so I know it's fire. All right, welcome back. Like I said, today is Wednesday, July 19th. I'm here hanging out with Fish Fisher, king of the court after a 10-unit win on his Wimbledon outing, so make sure you are following him. He is, like I said, crushing the tennis scene right now. We'll have U.S. Open coming soon. But today's conversation is NFL Futures Fish, and we're going to structure this in a few ways. We're going to start discussing kind of how we build our NFL Futures portfolio. What are we looking for when we're targeting these teams and looking through these prices? And then we'll go through some of our best bets and talk through some specific team scenarios. Does that sound good with you? Yeah, sounds great. I appreciate you uh, having me on. I'm happy to be here. Yeah, of course. Uh, Fish, for everyone who doesn't know, is one of another one of our sports ethos cappers. Like a king of the court, like I said, because he's our resident tennis capper. And if you don't know the game king of the court, get, go get yourself to a tennis court and play some king of the court. But he's also, as we get into the NFL world, Fish, you think you resume your king of the teasers this year? I will absolutely resume my king of the teasers. I already have a few bets that I've placed for week one of the NFL season, and that, of course, does include some teasers. So Me too, and I actually want to talk about how we correlate some week one and early schedule angles into some of these plays. All right, so let's get right into it, this fish. What do you look for when you are first deciding how am I going to build out an NFL futures play, portfolio, targeting a team? What's like? Where's, where does this start for you? Yeah, so it's kind of a two-step process for me. The first step is, uh, like anyone else, I just kind of do my, my own research. You know, what off-season acquisitions did this team make? Um, who did they lose? Kind of how did they finish the year? Maybe coaching and front office changes. Just kind of the basic stuff that you look for when you try to find value. Um, and then the second step is I kind of look for um, positive market correlation. So, for example, one of my uh, future bets is the – Uh, San Francisco 49ers under 11 and a half wins. Um, So when I was thinking about that bet, I saw a a sharp uh, syndicate, really big syndicate, um, come in and bet the Rams to win the NFC West. So that's what I love to see. I call that positive market correlation because if the Rams are winning the NFC West, that means the Niners are probably not winning 12 games. Um, So even though they aren't, it's not my bet, that seeing a syndicate do something like that can kind of give me confidence in uh, my bet because it's the same division. Um, and so that's kind of the step, the two steps that I take when I'm looking for, uh, for team futures. All right, Fish. Phenomenal start. I love this. I want to, one, explain the word syndicate for the people listening. A, synd- a betting syndicate, guys, is a, like a betting group of people, a be- uh, people who are pooling together, 
large sums of money. They have algorithms that they're pumping out. They have a house of people working on these things, and they are hitting limits at multiple sports books. These are sharp groups moving lines. Another word for that is a betting syndicate. So, Fish, how did you find, and what was your indicator, it's an often word used on the advantage, to know that a betting syndicate was on the ramps? Yeah, so... Obviously, the easiest example of knowing when a group hits something is line movement. Um, every once in a while, you'll see a line jump super big really quickly. That's a clear indication of sharp movement. I know that's basically how you build your portfolio. Um, but it's also just kind of who you know. Um, out there with Twitter and sports media and everything, you can kind of get to know some of these guys in these groups and, and kind of develop those relationships and learn who they're betting. Um, and that's a good sign when you're on the, on the side of one of those uh, syndicates because, um, as you talk about on this podcast all the time, it's about you know knowing what you don't know uh, is how to find success. Fish has this grin that is ear to ear like he's the fucking joker right now. And I love it because I'm in the same boat. Fish, don't give your source. Don't, don't drop any handles right now. But like – I feel the exact same way. There are certain people that I listen to in the market and they'll drop a tidbit like, hey, this betting group is hitting this line. And it is something to be so aware of. So an amazing point. So Fish looks at offseason acquisitions. What is this team doing? And then line movement, which is my bread and butter. And then correlating some of those angles into, okay, maybe if I've lost value in a line movement on a Rams divisional odds because it was just hit by a syndicate, aka the line moved significantly, what is the correlated angle for a line that hasn't moved? So that's line shopping 101. That's core. I, I love, I love that approach fish. That's why I'm having you on for this discussion. I do it a little bit differently. Of course, line movement is very heavily into my research and my choice to make a bet and to submit a wager. Um, but from an NFL, like everyone who listens to this pod knows that um, I am an NFL and NBA gambler only. So when I'm talking about comparing different sports, I just stick to those two. So one thing that I love to do is take a divisional approach to NFL futures because we know the difference between winning your division in the NFL means you are not only guaranteed to be in the playoffs, but you are guaranteed to have a home field advantage for at least the first game if you do not even have the bye in the playoffs. So we look at the NBA and we see an example like the Miami Heat won their division and the Atlanta Hawks came in second. Those two teams battled in the 7-8 of the play-in this year, right? The Hawks ended up winning, Heat dropped down to eight, and then Heat go on a resurgent run and make the NBA Finals. On the flip side of that, you have a situation where the Tampa Bay Buccaneers were 8-9 and nine last season and yet still got a home playoff game against the Cowboys. Now, we slammed the Cowboys and we and because the Tampa Bay Bucs were a joke of a team last year, and that's probably the division we're going to start off with. But my, my idea is I recognize the significance that a divisional holds in an NFL playoff scenario and therefore a future scenario, you then come into the schedule component and you say, okay, there's 17 games and you play everyone in your division twice. So you have six games against those teams out of your 17. So it's a significant weight of your schedule. So where can we target a weak division, try and find someone who's going to win their division and then get home field advantage in the first round. We are stacking these things on top of each other. And then the last thing, and I talked about this on the awards pod with Gibby is the parity that exists in NFL compared to NBA in the NBA, seven or eight teams 
15 out of 16, 14 out of 16, will make the playoffs the following year. Fish, do you know what the, the turnover rate in the NFL is for a playoff team? I do not. About 47% of this year's NFL playoff teams will have not made it last year. So there's a damn near 50% turnover rate year to year in who's going to make the playoffs. So for these reasons, when I am building an NFL futures portfolio, I am taking a divisional approach. I am looking for plus money odds on a team that might show parity who's going to jump into the playoff race, who's going to have home field advantage because they won their division, who's going to have a nice schedule that season because the the amount and the weight in which you play in division games in an NFL season. And that's kind of my basic approach, plus money teams in weak divisions. So I've seen some of your bets come through and guys, all of Fish's bets can be found on the Sports Ethos Wager Pass and Discord channel, same place you can find mine. So listen to this genius man. I'm not the only sharp capper that's in this, this group. Um, come join us in there and get all of these bets. Fish, one of your off-season bets is the same as mine, and we're targeting this shitty division that has the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, now quarterbacked by Baker Mayfield. The Carolina Panthers, now quarterbacked by rookie Bryce Young, and we're hearing great things, but rookie Bryce Young. We have the New Orleans Saints, who now have Derek Carr, so I'm definitely interested. And the Atlanta Falcons, quarterbacked by Derek Ritter, second-year second year guy. They just brought in Bijan as well. Um, what is that, the, AF, the NFC South? Yes. Okay. This, is to me, is the weakest division in football. And the best place to target for futures. And we are aligned on the Atlanta Falcons. Yeah. So talk to me about some of your Falcons reads and then your bets, your lines. You got better lines than I did. I'll, I'll look up where the lines sit now because this is not only me and my eyes, your eyes, but a market play as well. Yeah. My number was plus 300 when I bet this originally. Um, on the Falcons to win the NFC South. Um, yeah, I love all of the moves that they made in the offseason. Um, they targeted their team weaknesses, improving the areas they needed to improve on um, with some really good deals. They went and got the, a defensive tackle from the New Orleans Saints, a division rival. They uh, worked on their secondary, both in the draft and trading for uh, Jeff Okuda. Um, they drafted a wide receiver, which is a position of need. Bijan with that uh, Arthur Smith offense, um, like they just made a lot of really smart moves and were a very well-run organization um, in the um, in the offseason. Um, and as you said, getting plus 300 on a division that's so wide open, there's a realistic scenario where the Falcons are not even a good football team, and this bet still cashes just because everyone else is so bad. Um, and yeah, exa- like like the Tampa Bay Buccaneers were right. so bad last year, and that ticket would have still cashed with an 8-9 Record fish there, so you're playing them to win the division plus 300. That's at plus 220 now. I think I got it around 250. I don't have it right up in front of me. Um, are you playing this team in any other spots? I know their win totals eight and a half. Are you taking them if you're taking them uh, to win the division? Are you also taking the slightly reduced odds to make the playoffs? Because if they don't win their division, they could still potentially grab a wild card spot or, or is this a weak division where you think there's only going to potentially be one team that that makes the playoffs yeah i don't have any other bets on them um 
in terms of their team totals. Um, but I definitely would recommend, um, I know you've talked about this before, but t- definitely taking some action on Bijan or Arthur Smith, the coach of the year, uh, rookie of the year, that kind of stuff. Um, because if they're going to win the division, as I think, then the hype on them will probably be real. Um, and so there's kind of some other ways you can go value um, on there without overexposing necessarily on the division uh, division results. You want to know what else I absolutely love about not only the Falcons, but the New Orleans Saints this year. What's that? Strength of schedule. So slightly forgot to mention this in the strategy portion of it, but strength of schedule is so crucially important to winning in an NFL season. We look at last year where the NFC East had clearly the easiest schedule. The Cowboys came in with the number one rest advantage schedule. The Eagles and Giants came in with the number one and two easiest schedule against projected opponents. So those three teams all ended up making the playoffs from the same division because they feasted off playing weaker opponents. So we look at the Saints and Falcons and who's coming in the one-two, both with plus uh, rest advantage situations this year are the Saints and Falcons. So I absolutely love targeting these teams. I am playing not only the, South, the, 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 the Falcons to win the division, I'm also playing the Saints at plus money to win the division. These teams came in third and fourth last year. Let's talk to the NFL parity. This provides us a great opportunity for them to come first and second this year. The GOAT Tom Brady is no longer playing in that division. He was replaced by Baker Mayfield. So therefore, we can just cross the Tampa Bay Buccaneers off the list and um, move on from there. And then if we're talking win totals, I'm taking the over eight and a half because of the strength of schedule. I'm taking the over nine and a half for the Saints. And I'm also taking the to make the playoffs for both of them. So I'm like kind of just splitting my exposure up through three different bets win the division, make the playoffs, and overwin totals for both of them. Love yeah, this that, division, love the schedule, love the offseason moves, love how bad all of their opponents are going to be too. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. I know that you're uh, loyal to your bankroll, not a team, but I, uh, you are talking to a Browns fan who has a Baker Mayfield jersey stuffed in his closet somewhere, so um, no one's happier to, uh, to fade them than, than I am. What are you waiting for? Like a nice summer barbecue to throw that in to keep the fire going? (laughs) Something like that. (laughs) All right, Fish. So another one that we talked about was the NFC West. You said you saw a big syndicate bet come in on the Rams to win the division. Do you you remember what the number was that you saw that at? I don't remember. All right, well, it's 10 to 1 now. I hate that value. I really like the Seahawks to win this division, so this is another bet that I want to throw out. Uh, I think it's 210 or 220 on Caesars right now, which is where I got the best value for this at. But if we're talking about where we've seen sharp money, for me, it's the Seahawks. Um, we look at the San Francisco 49ers. Very, it seems like they're very overvalued. Fish is on their under as a, as a win total. I'm, I, I Agree with that. They are new defensive coordinator, Rams, new offensive coordinator, Cardinals, new everything, uh, like new head coach, new court, like literally everything. So let's look to the stability and stability goes a long way and continuity goes a long way in winning in football. So Pete Carroll, Geno Smith, who was not only a backup, but 
there in the same system with Shane Waldron, the offensive coordinator, who was there even when Russ was there. So I really like banking on this plus money Seahawks to win the division. Um, are you with me there if, if you if you skipped on Rams but also want to fade 49ers? Yeah, definitely. Um, I, I, I think there's value there. Uh, um, you know, my, my reasoning on the, the Niners under um, is that uh, – you know, that 11.5 is so high, I think they could uh, split with the Seahawks, split with the Rams, for example. That may still end up in them winning the division if they win some more out-of-conference games, but right. I don't think they just cruise through like the odds seem to suggest and, like, you know, prime Belichick Patriots just roll over everybody. Um, I, you know, they don't even have a quarterback as of now for week one. We might be looking at a couple weeks of Sam Darnold. Um, so I think there is value on the Seahawks, um, like you said. Um, and I'm I'm happy to fade the Niners basically uh, any way that you see fit. What other NFC bets do you have in store, or do you want to switch over to the AFC? Yeah, so I have one more. It's actually one of my favorite futures of the year. Um, at even money on DraftKings a while ago, I got the Washington Commanders to finish last in the NFC East. Um, they're another team who doesn't really have a quarterback. They're rolling with Sam Howell right now. Um, and also the other three teams in that division are just really good. Obviously, you have the defending NFC champions in Philly. Um, Cowboys and Giants both got a lot better. They had good drafts this year. Um, and so I think that you know there's just not going to be a lot of room for the commanders to win a lot of games, and I think they end up uh, finishing fourth in that division. And, and, and another reason to fish this point where you could target these divisional standings or situational stuff, back to the schedule, not only do they play their own division the same amount of games, so, so Fish knows that the Giants, the Cowboys, the Eagles have two games against weaker opponents in which the Commanders have two games or six games on this in this instance against clearly stronger opponents. Even outside of playing their own division, they play the exact same schedule. So over the course of 17 weeks, the, 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 the teams that the Giants play are going to be the exact same list as the team that the Commanders play. So... You might get them at different times, and you might get a different strength. You might get a different quarterback because of an injury. You might get a, a, a slightly different situational thing on the rise versus on the fall. But basically, these are going to be the same. So for that reason, staying in division for NFL bets is definitely the place to go. So, Fish, I'm okay with that. I, I, I'm not touching that division because of what the schedule was last season that I just don't know what's going to pan out for this season. But I, listen, I have no faith in the Washington Commanders whatsoever. My my one that I have a question for you is the Detroit Lions. Like this seems to be the most beloved futures team on the public side of the market. I don't really know how to evaluate this. Their win totals crazy high. They're projected to be their division winner over the the Minnesota Vikings, who won like 11 games, even though they were all one-score games. The Packers, who no longer have Aaron Rodgers, but are getting rave reviews from Jordan Love and everyone, and their mom, who plays fantasy football, is obsessed with Justin Fields this year, yet the Lions sit to be like clear division favorites there. I, mm, how do you feel about that? Yeah, so two things can be true at once. You're obviously right that the Lions are a public darling and everyone loves them. You have to remember that the public is right 40% of the time. Um, so I do think there's a chance that this Lions team Yeah, is probably like – I'd even give it more than that, Fish. Give it like 47% of the time. Exactly. Um, and so I do think the Lions might be in that 47%. Um, you know, 
I'm not sure how badly any of the other teams in the division want to win. It kind of seems like the Vikings and Packers are both in a wait and see, and if they start you know, 0-3, they might just enter a full tank and wait for a new quarterback. Um, yep. The Bears are have a ton of talent, but they're rebuilding. They're still a couple of years away. Um, and so the talent in that division might just not be there. No one might really be competing. Um, and so I do think the Lions uh, have a good chance to take that division and um, make a, make the playoffs. Um, and I think this might be a scenario where the public uh, uh, lives up to the hype. Like, for, for reference, guys, the Falcons have a better chance of winning their division than the Vikings do as uh, out of this. And, like, to me, the Saints are a better team than the Lions. The Falcons are a worse team than the Vikings. I, I, I just don't understand the odds. But I want to go one step further and start correlating schedules into some of these um, – futures bets because I assume there's some people because the Lions are the public darling that are listening to this podcast thinking they love the Lions this year. Fish, you know who the Lions week one opponent is? Kansas City Chiefs. Thursday night to start the season against the Kansas City Chiefs. So they are a six and a half point road underdogs. They're playing in Kansas City. It'll be ring night for the Chiefs. It'll be a big ceremonious thing. And then they'll get a, probably a smackdown on, laid by the hands of Mahomes and Kelsey. So if you were going to target a week, a, a conference or a divisional Lions bet, wait until after week one. You have, I think the, the, there's a divisional game there. So well, The Vikings are like six and a half point favorites themselves. The Vikings are six and a half point. And then don't the, don't the Bears and Packers play each other? Correct, yep. So you have a likely win coming to the Vikings and a guaranteed win coming to either the Bears or the Packers and a likely loss coming to the Lions. So if you like the Lions at plus 145, hold the phone. Maybe put a hat, maybe put a little bit, maybe put a quarter of your exposure on the plus 145 in case it, it goes the other way. But you're very likely to get a better number on the same bet by simply waiting until week two and placing that futures bet. Which brings us over to the AFC fish. Let's talk about this Jets-Bills gauntlet, Miami, Patriots, AFC East. I have no bets. I'm a big Bills fan this year. I'm probably going to have Josh Allen in a whole lot of ways in fantasy and DFS. I like the Dolphins a lot, but I can't decide. And then I, But my basic approach to this is like, I notice how tough the Jets' schedule is the first four weeks. And I know Mr. Aaron Rodgers is Mr. Relax and let's settle in for the season and then start to get it rolling. So I was going to take a little let's wait four weeks and then maybe hit the Jets at better odds than we get now. That's my basic approach to correlating schedule and a gauntlet division. Do you have any thoughts on that one? Yeah, so we might have a little disagreement here. I'm actually selling the Bills this year. Um, I have their under uh, ten and a half wins. It's plus one twenty, uh, so which is pretty good odds for a win total. Um, yeah, I think that the Bills might be dead. I think Joe Burrow might have ended their kind of little dynasty that they had going on wow. here. Wow, um, I don't. Take. I don't even think they make the playoffs. Um, I think that uh, that division is really good. Um, the Jets have a stable quarterback along with that great Robert Sala defense. The Dolphins um, have their high-powered offense. Bill Belichick and the Patriots, team that have gotten some sharp love this, this offseason. Um, I just think it's going to be so tough and for the Bills to kind of slog their way through that. 
Um, I think their defense is going to be the worst that it's been uh, since Josh Allen got there. Um, so I, that's my one bet from that division. Um, I would not recommend betting necessarily the Jets just because they're another public darling. Um, but by fading the Bills, I'm, it's kind of in uh, you know positive correlation that I think the Jets are going to be right. okay. I think they're going to be good. Um, but I am actually fading uh, uh, the Bills this year. So I'm okay. We're we're not totally in disagreement because I'm not I'm not going in on any bets yet. I'm I'm taking a let's wait four weeks approach to this. Sure. Um, if you're fading the Bills, are actually I'm going to save that question. We're going to come back to it in a little bit. Um, the the other kind of proposition that I had for you in saying this is I'm thinking about building out these futures bets. I'm thinking about hitting the Jets going into week five when the schedule starts to get a little lighter. The other one is that AFC North, I believe it is, with the Bengals, uh, Ravens, Steelers, Browns. Is that your that's your Browns division? Yes, it is. <laughs> okay. Fish. I don't know if that was on air or off air where Fish mentioned that he was a Browns fan. Yikes. Um, so so uh, my approach to that division, Fish, is they play playoff football from week one when those guys line up against each other. So I am going to wait. I don't want to touch any of them in any futures because I'm terrified of how physical the games are over the course of a 17-week season. But I would love the team who starts to prevail from that division for a chance to go get the Lombardi a few weeks later. So I'm thinking week 13, week 14, 15, 16, when it starts to shake out where we're going to know who's going to win that division, is it going to be the Ravens? Is it going to be the Bengals? Can the Browns or Steelers make a surprise run? I think that team is going to be battle-tested on a playoff level where I would take them because they're going to get a home field or a bye. I would take them in a Super Bowl future once we know who's going to win that division, kind of as soon as we get clear, clear eyes on it. That makes a ton of sense. Um, according to Vegas, this is the best division in football. It's the only division where all four teams are over the eight and a half win total. Um, their line is set there. Um, so, I mean, the odds agree with you that this is the best division. Whoever comes out of this division is going to be a really good uh, football team. And there's a realistic scenario where it's uh, you have three or four teams from this division. Probably not all four, but we have three teams from this division uh, potentially making the, the playoffs. Um, so, yeah, that makes a lot of sense to me. Um, it's very unpredictable. Um, I can see any of the four teams really doing well in this division and winning it. Um, so, yeah, that's, that makes a lot of sense to me. And those like Tomlin, Harbaugh, Stefanski type, those are like rib crap. Like I leave, I'm watching on my couch and my ribs hurt type of situations. <laughs> yeah. You know, like defense it, it, 10 years ago, the whole game would have been on jacked up. And it's like, <laughs> you know, these, it's, it's a different level of football than we're even seeing. And I understand the – the Chargers and the uh, the the Chiefs and the, the Raiders and the Broncos. They play, uh, Broncos not really, but the other three. They play a very exciting brand of football that you know could be very. Da- it's not the level of physicality that once you get to a playoff game, you just get punched in the mouth with, and then you're like, oh, I don't know if I was ready for this. They play that football in the AFC North, so for that for that reason, I would love that team as soon as the playoffs start. It's kind of like a Miami Heat, Atlanta Hawks situation where they might not come out on top. They might be like the worst team because of how hard the games are in the schedule and everything like that. They might end up as a 9 or 10 win divisional winner playing against a 12, 11 win opponent. But 
be a home favorite because of the style and brand of football that it is. Um, yeah. Um, one last thing about that. Go ahead. Uh, yeah, go ahead. Um, I believe, correct me if I'm wrong, but I believe we have both already bet the Pittsburgh Steelers as uh, underdogs against San Francisco in week one. I'm on the Steelers plus three was my number. Uh, so uh, yep. that kind of suggests- Wait, wait. So it's at two and a half now. Okay. What do we do? What do you mean? I know me and you, I, the, bet, the people listening. Oh. Do you still bet? Okay. This is actually, I'm, I'm glad you brought this up, Fish. You, the reason why me and you bet week one Steelers plus three when the line came out, I have not done this podcast yet, but we obviously know three is the most important number in football. Correct. Sneak preview to anyone who's going to be listening in a few weeks. Three is by in NFL football is by far the most important spread number in sports that I bet on. It is two and a half more times important than the seven in NBA, which I often talk about. That's it's it's so significant. Fifteen percent of NFL games end on three. It's nuts. So when you get a plus three as a home underdog with Mike Tomlin, it's this thing called rah rah Tomlin. You could look it up. And the idea is that when Mike Tomlin is a home underdog, he's like eighteen and two against the spread. So you're getting 18-2 rah-rah Tomlin at-home underdog against the spread. You have the three of the key number, and you're playing against the team in the 49ers who we've talked about going the other direction on, and they even have that quarterback controversy. So the reasons why me and you made that bet are very clear. Now it's at two-and-a-half fish. Do you leave it alone, or are you still playing at two-and-a-half? And I'm going to cut you off before you even start don't even dare recommend buying half a point and getting to the three because we are not recommending that here. That is not something we do. You do never buy onto a hook ever in football. Okay, go ahead. Yeah, you should pretty much never buy points, period, unless you're teasing. Yep, period. Unless yeah. you're teasing through Skeena. Oh, is this getting to a tease it up to plus eight and a half? Um, yeah, I mean, absolutely. I would love that. Oh, uh, fish, yeah. you dog! You tease this. We just you te- you take the two and a half and you tease it up to eight and a half with something else. Yeah, that's. I mean, that as that's what uh, you have to do. as uh, Fiddle alluded to, um, I bet a lot of teasers. I was very successful on teasers last year. Um, teaser so, king. Yeah, uh, that's definitely something I would recommend. Um, yeah, so um, I would probably, if you're not, that would be my recommendation is teasing. But otherwise, like. You could just bet the money line. Um, I don't know what it is right now if you have it up, but um, you know that way you're you're getting better odds um, for a, a bet, um, and uh, yep. it can kind of reduce your exposure and get the same payout. That's probably what I would do if I missed uh, if I miss a key number um, in in one of those situations. Sweet. All right, I love that. Definitely miss a miss a key number, then you hit a money line. I'm the same way. There's no reason to necessarily play a plus two and a half. I mean. I'm going to do the key numbers episode soon, probably in a few weeks, um, closer to the season. Two fish between me and you, two is emerging the last few years as a more important key number. This is a little sneak preview again, because the reason is because more teams are starting to go for it on fourth down and more teams are starting to go for it on two point conversions. So the two is becoming a bit more prevalent, but I don't think the Steelers fit that mold. I, don't, I think we look to more Chargers and Eagles and Chiefs and those Dolphins when we're thinking, is the two going to be, you know, kick us in the butt here? So for that reason, 
yeah, I would say if you miss the three, you either play the plus 124 on the money line or you, or you tease this up to eight and a half, and maybe we'll, we'll get into um, some, some other options for that in a second. Fish, in regards to Ra Ra Tomlin, 18 and two against the spread when he's a home underdog, it's also there for week five, and it's also there for week 16. How far out would you feel comfortable placing futures bets on specific games? Yeah, so funny story about this. Um, last year, um, in the look ahead to Thanksgiving, um, the uh, Vikings were like, I think it was like four and a half point favorites against the Patriots or something like that. And I bet on the Patriots uh, before the season started. And then Thanksgiving rolled around and the spread was still exactly the same as it was before the season. <laughs> so I got basically no seal, no value on that. Um, but so I, I tend to stay away, um, you know, Information is king in sports betting. The more information you have, the better you can bet. Um, and as it gets closer, the more is more information I'm going to have. Um, so a lot of things could change between now and those other Mike Tomlin spots. So I tend to be more patient and just try to collect that information, collect that data um, before I before I'm betting. Yeah, just so that you know and everyone else in the pod knows, it's week five. They're plus one at home against the Ravens. Probably going to hold off on that now. And then week sixteen, they're plus three. Again, key number at home against the Bengals. Probably going to hold off on that one, too. It's too far away to really to know. The key number doesn't matter too much to me, and especially with those two teams, it seems like it could very well stay the same 16 weeks from now. Um, yeah. All right, Fish, the last thing before we get out of here is we've talked about a few teams, and we've talked about correlating schedules, and we talked about the Lions situation with them playing the Chiefs, and maybe you take them later. We talked about the Falcons minus three is week one against the Panthers in division game. How do we feel about that? Oh, man. Falcons minus three. I don't know if I said that properly. Falcons minus three against the Panthers. Yeah. um, No, I mean, that I haven't done. uh, That game didn't jump out to me in my week one research. Um, But, uh, yeah, you know, if you you think the Falcons cover that, then uh, you definitely want to get in on uh, on their future because um, if they you know blow out the Panthers a week one, then those that plus two twenty might start to dip even further. So, um, yeah, that that'd be my recommendation for that game. Um, yeah, like like I said, that didn't jump out to me as, as one of my uh, week one plays. However, are you taking the plus one and a half Jets and at a at a home underdog because you're fading the Bills or the Bills are a road favorite in week one? Yeah, absolutely. Um, that that line does not make a whole lot of sense to me. Um, like you said, Jets are a home dog. Um, and the hype around that team week one, um, they're gonna be that stadium's gonna be rocking. Everyone's gonna be ready to uh, ready to go. Um, and so uh, I think that that's uh, definitely a line you should be jumping on is, is, is those uh, those Jets in week one. Um, even if uh, they don't end up putting it all together throughout the season, I think they could very well overperform and, and, and uh, win that game outright. Any other week one lines that you're, that you're eyeing and want to give out? Um, n- no, I don't think so. I think that about covered it. All right, sweet. I have a few posted pinned on the top of my Twitter. You can follow me at FiddlesPicks. You can follow Fish at Fish underscore Fisher. Fish, we will have you back throughout the NFL. Let's talk some teasers. Uh, maybe we'll do some U.S. Open. I don't do any tennis, but maybe we'll have you on to, to give the preview for what's going to happen. Thank you for taking the time to join me today, and we will talk soon, bud. I got one more question for you before you go. 
Oh, yeah, yeah, go. Um, so let me know what you think of this bet. Um, buddy of mine gave me two-to-one odds. He gets the top five teams in Super Bowl odds. So Chiefs, Eagles, Bengals, Bills, Niners, and I get the field to win the Super Bowl. Two-to-one odds, what Wait, do you hold think? hold on, hold on. This is so interesting. I have to pull it up. Chiefs, <laughs> Eagles, Bills, Bengals, 49ers. Yeah. And you get Cowboys. So you get everyone else. So Cowboys down. Yep. And you get a two-to-one payout yep. on it. Yep. Wow. What do you think about that? Oh, my God. I would really have to do some I, – I, for <laughs> me, I'd have to do some math, and I'd have to, like, look at some alternate lines and against the field lines on other books. Have you found anything that resembles that to see where it might be priced on the market, yeah. or are you guys just having fun and coming up with this? Yeah, it wasn't a real uh, – I would say it's just a bet with a buddy. It's not actually through a um, sports book. But um, my point is here is that – I would I, think I, – I lean I – lean, Are oh, are two of those four teams going to be? Are how many? How many of the four final teams are going to be left there? So you have, you have three AFC teams and two NFC teams. He has, and you have all of them from last season. Um, yeah, I mean, my point there is just that. I think it's very fair. Thank you. Uh, my point there is just that I don't see. Uh, the the Super Bowl champion coming from one of these easy, obvious, safe choices. I think this year it's going to be even more parity than normal. I think that there's a lot of teams with long odds that have a shot. Um, and so with getting me two to one to fade the kind of top of the chalk there, um, I'm happy to happy to do that. And in football, anything can happen. And then fish, if you kind of have that locked in, you can work the other way with a sports book, like mm-hmm. in in real time when that comes up. So say if there's a conference finals match like an afc championship game and it's chiefs against jaguars like we could work with it we could edge it off a bit you yeah, can, you can exactly. figure it out. i definitely think you and your friend came up with a fair price so that's definitely very interesting something the audience can think about they could chime in they could reach out to me or you on twitter and let us know how you feel about that but that's a very fun situation to throw out at the end of the pod yeah please do let me know what you think if i'm if i'm sharp or square for that let me know I, it definitely deserves minus money on his side, right? Yeah, exactly. Yep. So okay. I agree with that. Plus 200, yeah. is it enough value? It's a yep. question that maybe a few of us will answer. All right. Thanks, Fish. Appreciate you on. We'll talk soon. Yeah. Thanks, Fiddle.